Good evening. Something or someone seems to have reached out through the ether across time and space to grab hold of you, to pull you down the winding path and lead you here. Welcome. You have arrived at High Strangeness. All right, good evening, folks. Here is the show, episode number two. We're diving into it with a solid author of all the things involving high strangeness. Tonight we have for you our guest, Mr. Ken Emmy, the uh, <clears throat> host of the uh, True Free Thinker website and author of many works that cover everything that that we're going to talk about tonight, which is kind of the fringe and the, the biblical, the transhumanist agenda, how it goes all the way, way back until leads us up to the context of where we are now. So uh, you have the floor, sir. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Indeed. And if you get cold from being out there in the middle of the woods, you know, just build a little fire and yeah, there you go. Yeah, just, just got to do, gotta do <laughs> squats, just got to just keep moving. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you sound like you've been watching um, Dual Survivor. Oh. That's what the guy says. Do yes. squats, Dave. Do some squats. Oh, I love you bringing that show up. That was the best. Where he's like, you, you got the crocodile? And he gets mad at him because he's, he's the hippie. And he's like, hey, we got to eat, bro. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so you want to just give us a little bit of your uh, background and some context of uh, some of the work you do. And uh, you know, for people that are unaware of the stuff that you do or for the people that love it and want to refresh or uh, just let's lay down some some foundation for, for where you've been and where you got on. Yeah, well, my main interest are focusing on worldview issues. And that's kind of a huge term, but it, it kind of uh, is the reason why I would do things such as uh, talk about culture and even movie reviews in terms of the worldview and the philosophy and the theology behind it to see how they connect or how they disparage one from another. Because inevitably, um, the way our culture functions and the media it produces, all media, right, from news to movies, it, it all comes from somewhere. And it comes from a real life worldview, whether the end result is something we call fiction or fake news. <laughs> It's all based on something, right? So my um, journey really has been just trying to understand what is truth, right? because ultimately in my worldview, truth is not accidental as it is in some worldviews, such as atheism, right? Uh, by definition, in atheism, truth has to be accidental because it certainly wasn't designed or created. It just happened. Yeah, so, and then there, there would be no imperative to ascertain it. I mean, you could, it'd be a preference. I mean, like you might prefer one type of ice cream over another one, but there's no imperative to adhere to accidents. Right, right. and that worldview uh, that would be sort of superimposed upon it and it would be something that you're looking for and finding because you're looking for it. I, I gotcha. As opposed to it being yeah. like a, a, an edict or a dogma or a design or, or what have you, I got you. Right. So, I mean, if truth was created and then we are capable of discerning it, then that's the imperative, obviously, is to discern what truth is. And so that's what takes us into many different directions. 
and that's kind of what happened to me throughout my life. If that's as far back as I can remember, it's always been a curiosity of mine, which uh, originally, uh, as far back as I can actually say that I researched anything or at least read into it, it was uh, in sixth grade when I was, I'd go down to the local library and look at books on cryptozoology and UFOs and aliens and witchcraft and all that stuff in the kids section, of course. Oh yeah. The, the, the for, forbidden in plain sight. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, some of the younger people might not know what a library is, you know, it's the building that contains these things called books. <laughs> Tomes, grimoires yeah. indeed. Yeah. I got to sound like an old fogey, you know, back in my day, by golly. We had hard copies. Yeah, you had to go yeah. places and see people, and That's they weren't right. they weren't sick. Some people were running around and getting together <laughs> and stuff. And yeah, it's crazy. What? I know the world before. I'm sure it's always been like that, though. You know, some old geezer back in the day. You crazy kids with your fancy papyrus scrolls. I like a good cuneiform clay tablet in my hand, you know. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. We're we're gonna be those guys. Like we used to use the wedge, and now you use the the flowing script. Yeah. Oh yeah, some scholar you know, humor. Actually, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, Moses was the first person in history to download data from a tab uh, to a tablet from a cloud. Right, so right. That's the kind of technology we're talking about, you know. <laughs> ah, nothing new under the sun, for sure. Yeah, that actually <laughs> brings us back to something I had referenced uh, that you said that you weren't so sure about, which was the uh, the mana machine, which is um, definitely the kind of stuff that that dovetails with with all the kind of subjects we're talking about here. Because uh, during Exodus, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm glad to have you as a guest because this is perfect. Because uh, you've done all this like exhaustive research, you've, you've read the tomes, like you said, you know, there used to be a library. People used to go there and research things. And you know, I'm I'm like the Eddie Bravo guy who's like, I've watched a lot of YouTube, <laughs> it's, but it's been like a decade, and I've like retained it, but I didn't take mm. notes. So it's like it's just kind of like <laughs> this like tumbleweed in my head where I I'm kind of starting to see some sort of bigger picture, but. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. There's, there's a, like you said, there's, there's a, an agenda. Information and themes don't come out of nowhere. There's always somewhere it's coming from and somewhere it's going. Right. And, and it's, you know, kind of like when you make a, a video or, or a show like this, even where people kind of say, you know, what is it you want the audience to do afterwards? What do you want them to feel? How do you want them to react? What do you want them to say? Oh, I need to go and do ABC. Usually it's to buy a product and, you know, manipulate you into taking all your coin kind of thing, which is, you know, that's just industry, you know, that's how it is. But, but all too often, as you make the point, uh, there is kind of a, I don't know if I want to say insidious, but there is definitely a hidden undertone that is this kind of concurrent under theme of all these things. And, and usually it's kind of, anti-human anti-natalist and and there's this like almost dark kind of borg like become the machine kind of thing so i would love to hear you talk more about that for sure um kind of kind of tie that back in uh, oh go ahead sorry i was just i was just going to quote jp morgan who said there's two reason two reasons for whatever a man does there's a good reason and there's the real reason (laughs) Right, right. You got the PR and the the surface, and then exactly. what's actually going and on. That's huge, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, to kind of tie back what I was just saying there, back in the past to the current stuff. Um, yeah, the mono machine was uh, when they were in Exodus uh, after leaving uh, Egypt. They were uh, in the 
the wilderness, well, not really wilderness, I suppose, the, the wasteland, really, the desert for, what was it, 80 years? And uh, I've definitely heard some strange accounts where there's supposedly even a blueprint of this mana machine, and it's what they survived off of. It said something that, you know, that God or the machine rained down this, uh, this mana, which is where we get our, you know, current day, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, like your, your, your wizard has the mana or whatever. And I guess that's supposed oh, yeah. to be where that's <laughs> from, which I didn't even know that. I thought that was a pretty cool reference, but that's what they supposedly survived in the desert on. So, you know, whether that was like the, the ET or the God or, or, you know, what this agenda is to me is really intriguing because it definitely is all related, whether it's the same thing or not. Now, now I'm not sure about that. But there definitely seems to be a long line of people that are aware of this stuff and are kind of keeping it suppressed. And, you know, we're just all the, the people that, like you said, we see in a movie and we're left to believe it's just entertainment. But maybe they're actually revealing kind of a, uh, a false soft disclosure kind of thing, as those people say. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I mean, uh, starting from where you just ended. Yeah, um, there are definitely a lot of movies and it's up to us to kind of attempt to figure out is it just imagination are they revealing something and if they are are they really revealing something true or something false you know and that's where it gets uh, really difficult i mean so i've never heard of a concept of a mana machine uh the text of the bible tells us that in the morning it would be dewy and then it would leave behind this stuff that they called manna hmm and um, the thing is, um, six days per week, it would be produced. But on the sixth day, it would produce twice as much because then the following day would be the Sabbath and then you couldn't go out and gather it. So um, that's interesting. But no, I'm, I'm not aware of any, any descriptions of anything um, beyond that it would be dewy and then it would leave behind a manna. Hmm. So I'd be interested to hear, see where that came from. I, I would, if I had to go off the top of my head, that's probably something that came from Zachariah Sitchin. And um, I know, like you were talking about back in the day, you watched all these YouTube uh, videos, but me too with Sitchin, I know I read 10 or 11 of his books, but I mean, that was, that was probably uh, during the nineties. But it definitely sounds like something he would, <laughs> He would have uh, claimed. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, it's definitely in that theme of, uh, you know, there'll be somebody like such. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I've always kind of joked about that. It's a bit like the, um, oh, what's his name? Joseph Smith, I believe, the, the uh, Mormon guy who's like, only I can oh, yeah. read the tablets, guys. So you're just going to yeah, have right. to believe me and buy the book. Right. <laughs> you're kind of like, man, this is, a, this is a pretty tight marketing setup you got here, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's unquestionable. Right. You have to take his his word for it. oh i nobody else can read the scripts and, and you know I, I respect that if that's well, nobody true nobody else but... can even see them now right exactly nobody else could have read them then nobody else can see them now because we don't know where they are right you know it reminds me of uh the claim by alleged ufo alien contactee billy meyer who says hey i found this ancient manuscript uh somebody was with me unfortunately he got killed so now you got to take my word for it uh the manuscripts got destroyed, but not before I translated them. So I guess you gotta have to go by what I say now. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's well. a lot of that. <laughs>
Yep. Everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Healthy skepticism. It's, it's fun to look into this stuff, but people go off the rails and they just start taking it's, they kind of create this, this uh, feedback loop of, you know, if, if, if the first thing was based off of belief, then you can't then jump to, you know, if a is on, you know, not solid ground, not solid footing, and you haven't even proven a, then therefore to go from a to B is a complete fallacy because you haven't even proven a, which is you know oversimplifying it, but that's what people do. They, they hear some hearsay thing and then now I'm going to do the research in this thing, but it's launching from some completely incredible origin. So I, I definitely like your, I uh, Oh, go ahead. I, I just like we, how you, you do yeah. stuff. We really can't overemphasize how important what you just said is. It is absolutely key. And I, I deal with that all the time, all the time, where I'm saying, like, wait a minute, you're beginning a discussion with me somewhere in the middle. Well, let's let's get there. Maybe we'll get there at a certain point, but let's back up. We gotta establish a, a foundation, a premise. We gotta start by defining terms, know what we're we both mean when we both use these words, what is it we're even talking about? And then, then go step by step by step. And a lot of people just don't want to do that, frankly. I have that kind of experience with all sorts of people. Um, with atheists, definitely, because they want to start um, raining down fire and brimstone condemnations. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's your premise to condemn anything in a universe where there's no universal imperatives? Or even then when we're um, dealing with issues of aliens and UFOs, it's like, wait, 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 let's define those terms because what you mean by alien or UFO could be really vastly different than from what I mean. And so how could we even discuss these things without starting uh, either in a point of agreement or even disagreement? I mean, if, if you and I mean different things by it, that's okay, fine. But at least we understand that and we understand the, t- the definitions of the terms we're using. So then as we progress, we, we have that in place already. Instead of, um, you know, you're a dumb dumb because you don't agree with me with, on this. Well, how, how do you even know that yet? No, that's <laughs> a great point. Because I might have used a word, right? Right, a it gets ad hominem really quick indeed yeah. because people oh, are, yeah. they're, they're so invested in whatever camp, you know, like you said, yes. with the atheism because it's their, it's their worldview too. You're, you're not really just a, casually intellectually debating someone um well you i mean you or i may be or anybody that's uh, endeavoring to do that may start from like you said a true foundation but the people that are so deeply entrenched for them you're you're they feel as though you're attacking what they hold dear kind of thing as opposed to just two people saying hey neither of us are sure but here's what you've researched and what you've seen let's compare it honestly to what i've done and then that's what there should be a pursuit of that that truth of you know everyone says like you kind of said there's uh, there's what people do something and then there's the real reason same kind of thing there's there's three sides to every story which is his side their side and then the the truth at the top which is somewhere between like that's why cops always got to split people up and and interrogate yes. everybody to get you know because right. you're getting two different versions and you're like well here's the right. one thing i consistently heard in both things so i'm gonna go with that like for sure and and there's there's not enough of that there's, there's like you said there's a lot of people just writing someone off because you know they might have some amazing thesis but then oh they started out with this this one thing that just really clashes with my theory and, and that's to me that's just kind of everyone almost kind of trying to get like a like clout or something for reinventing the wheel as opposed to being more of a think tank and just working together to discover what we should all seek which is like you said like a universal uh, agreeable truth and not not an absolute you know we're all going to have our different you know 
faith and our different uh, perceptions, but it's almost as though it's not, uh, like you said, it's not a real conversation when it's almost like two different conversations. And then that's where so much of the right. chafing is coming across because we're not even talking about the same thing necessarily. And yet there's like these language issues where we're using uh, the same word that'll have multiple meanings. And so we're arguing different points about different yes. things. And then there's just all this frustration. And, and what's funny about that is it would almost seem to, so I'm sure you've come across this, as you kind of mentioned, it would almost seem as though there's kind of like a, a built-in design to some of this stuff where people are kept ignorant and there's a lot of misinformation put out there, like you were saying with the films. Um, there's this dangerous blending of, of truth and, and misinformation. And that's almost kind of like, like uh, when your kid doesn't want to take the pill and you got you to give them the, the sugar cookie and you got to hide <laughs> it in there. They're like, oh, sugar cookie. And then, oh, there's that pill. And, and because they're not thinking about the negative experience anymore because it's overridden yeah. by the, oh, cookie. Well, that's us with the movies. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's aliens. That's kind of creepy. Oh, but look at the, the explosions and the action and then the love scene. And like, never mind the, and get the, get the implant, you know, and you see something over and over again especially when you stop watching the movies like I have, uh, then you see an advertisement. And once it becomes no longer kind of matter of course and, and normal to you, um, once you're not numb to it and you become like normal and you think your own thoughts, you see the advertisements and it's so overt. You're just like, wow, this is just a, like a advertisement, a commercial for uh, uh, transhumanism, essentially just all the different flavors mm -hmm. and levels of it. And, and it's all like chipping away at your, your human, uh, not even just privacy, but like your, your individuality. Uh, it's, it's really kind of scary to see because these were, you know, us growing up, it was like the Philip K. Dick and the, you know, the movies that were based off of that, like Blade Runner and all the stuff we're seeing now, mm. like cyberpunk. And these were all kind of like warnings, like, you know, Orwell and Huxley, they were, they were like, Hey, this is how things could go. And, you know, now we got these, these people that are running everything, you know, taking notes like, Oh, you could, you could control them. How now? Oh, oh just lock them down. You say, Oh, fascinating. Like here we are, you know, doing the best we can, keeping our spirits high. And uh, all we can really do is kind of like reverse engineer some of the predictive programming stuff just to have like any heads up uh, of what's coming down, you know, on the horizon. And it's, it's looking like some uh, like, you know, the, the Terminator stuff. So hopefully we can uh, get our ducks in a row here and like, you know, I don't know, prepare for the end or, or something. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's, it's always good to have people like you for sure, you know, kind of being a watchdog on the stuff because, you know, a few years ago, a lot of people just wrote all this stuff off. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist and you're, you're, you're making these connections where there are none. And, you know, by the beginning of this year, people were kind of, what was that link? You want to go and send me that, that link to that documentary again? And by the end of the year, people are just like, where are we going to go? And like, oh, now, now, now I know some stuff, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was the conspiracy theorist guy, but, but yeah, I think anyone who, who really looks can, can see the patterns forming. And, and that's, that's, I guess what gets kind of scary is um, it's like those stories uh, like the body snatchers or whatever, where you're like the, the last, you know, sentient, like not alien invaded person. You're looking for somebody else and, and you can see each other across the crowded room, but you know that you can't like give away that you're, yes, yeah, no, so, uh, exactly. That's, that's where we are, where it's like, you have to like do like the coded, like, are you not one of them? And then they have to like be like, you know, like we can't just like come right out and say like, hey, this is fake or this is an agenda. Like you have to like, 
speak in weird code now like the the, the <laughs> algorithms and stuff you know they'll pick it up if you just like even hint yeah. at the truth you have to like use code words it's it's getting so so goofy but but i think that we're we're seeing the real thing happen i think you know i've heard some crazy stuff too where where people even say that like a lot of this stuff you know even if there's a, a real uh, <coughs> you know what i mean uh even if that's real which i i think sure maybe it is but the way it's been blown out um is obviously like a you know agenda 21 nwo type stuff but but i've heard other people say kind of like what we were just referencing with the uh, body snatchers that it's like well you know if they just all put masks on you won't know who's not human i'm just like nope nope i'm not even <laughs> gonna explore the the like lovecraftian terror of like you already did. like <laughs> half of the humans aren't humans man i'm just like okay now i'm just gonna hit the books and try to figure out this ancient <laughs> stuff that's coming back around it's I guess that's what's crazy is, is you probably know more th uh, better than a lot of people that uh, that you know this stuff has been predictive programming now with the movies and that sells. But I mean, if you do your research like you've done, uh, it's kind of been before films. It was in books. It was in you know religious texts. It was in uh, wall scrolls and stuff. You know, uh, particularly the the thing I saw the the orbs or whatever. You know, I had always heard that come up pretty concurrently in all of these kind of themes. But uh, it's seeming to be more of a prevalent thing than I ever realized. And it crosses many, many faiths, you know, the, like the Irish, the fairies and all this kind of stuff. And I think people are just trying to describe right. like whatever this stuff is, but it definitely seems connected to, uh, to a lot of the research you've done where, um, uh, what was the, the name of the, uh, a shed, I, I believe, um, the uh, recent uh, Israel former uh, head of the, the space chief there had just come out, you know, hey, I got nothing to lose anymore. They, they told yeah. me not to say it, but I'm done. I'm old. <laughs> so he came out and said, you know, that, that we got aliens and stuff and, and Trump's not telling you and all this. And right. Uh, all right. But, you know, that's, that's kind of like the Canadian guy, you know, any of these, these guys that are, that are up there, it's, it's not like the guy with wearing the, the thing that says like the end is nigh and he's got the, the bullhorn and he's on the street. It's, <laughs> it's like somebody who's got like, you know, credentials and stuff. So I don't know though. Cause, cause that's what spooks me out. Like, you know, so many of us get excited. Like you see, he's saying it now we're going to, we're going to get disclosure. But instead I just kind of see like, oh, watch out for that blue beam coming real time. Like anytime soon here, yeah. because that's just, you know, uh, like I said, you've you've done the research. You've you've probably seen all sorts of stuff with um, uh, Paperclip, Project Paperclip. How they they brought those dudes over, Werner von Braun, working with Disney and all that, and and that was kind of like one of the beginnings, I think, of a lot of this stuff. Where where uh, I, I don't know how much uh, you want to get into like any of the origins of this kind of weird like alien religion it's it's almost kind of like before scientology you know these these guys got together the l ron hubbard parsons all these dudes uh they just kind of almost wanted to reskin the old um i don't know satanism or what necessarily but like the sacrifice stuff just the weird woo woo like can we summon demons to build us a temple and take us to the stars kind of stuff and and they reskinned it as like this like alien stuff so uh, i'd love to definitely hear you go down kind of uh like our our friend here uh isaac wise has done you, know, you guys have definitely uh i'm glad to have you you guys on as the first two guests because this is what i've been looking for is people that that kind of grasp you know the the meshing here and the overlap because uh you know before i even saw my my orb stuff i was looking for people that understood it and it would always be purely religious 
or like purely technical, like people who are straight alien or straight demon. And, and it got really interesting to me when I found, you know, you guys that seem to kind of be getting a little closer to, to grasping what really might be going on here and how there's some sort of relation and not just coming out and saying, Hey, I know that it's this because none of us do know, but it, the work has to be done. This is how it starts is people just kind of starting to try to nail it down in some kind of scientific, measurable, verifiable way. Uh, so it's, it's really been a big help actually to kind of take away some of the confusion for myself and uh, hopefully anybody else that's been out there that's even experienced or seen anything like this, because I don't know if it is spiritual strictly or if there's a spiritual element, but uh, yeah, I definitely like to hear uh, some of what you've researched on what the crossover is, you know, um, like for example, the, you know, the, the man there was uh, the Israeli uh, uh, chief of uh, the science program or the space program. So, you know, for example, why, why then would they choose, you know, this nation or that nation if, if ETs were contacting or, or if it was, you know, fallen angel entities, like some people say. Uh, so yeah, I definitely want to hear uh, you get into the deep dive of, of kind of why we're being given that agenda what you think kind of it could be. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to like, you know, you give me your absolute answer. What, what's the truth that I know, you know, like I, I know that we're all just kind of trying to figure this thing out, but uh, I'd love to hear where you, uh, where you've kind of started with, with those connections and, and what you kind of have, have gathered and, and just sort of an overall, like um, what you've garnered from it, I guess, because I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you where I'm, I'm trying to see, why it's related and and what's being hidden what's known what's like you said what's truth and and not like in a uh kind of you know biased way but in a in a subjective kind of way so so uh yes once again you have the floor to uh completely extrapolate upon all of the the crazy alien demon agenda well i do have it all figured out but since you don't want to hear it fine <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, now I'm not ready to get my mind no, blown let's start, here. Um, how about we start with that uh, story from Israel? It's from a news service called Yediot uh, Haronot. And what they're talking about is uh, former Israeli space security chief. Yeah. And Haim um, Ashid. And uh, so yeah, he's saying that we've been in touch with this supposed Galactic Federation. And part of what's that struck me about that story is, okay, anyone can claim whatever they want. And it, it's regardless of what kind of position they're in or they have been in or they retired from. There's all kinds of people everywhere who will claim whatever they want, right? I thought it was important to note that he's um, uh, publishing a new book and then is the <clears throat> Israelis had attempted to land a, an unmanned ship on the moon, but they lost touch with it and it crashed. So they're trying to get that going again. So to me, that was more just like a, a PR thing to get more funding, honestly. No, that's a, that's an honest take. I'd, I'd heard that too, that, yeah. that I didn't and hear he had a book although, coming out. Yeah, he did. He, okay. Yeah. Um, the plot the, thickens. <laughs> yeah. The most more fascinating thing I got out of that is that, uh, 
in Hebrew, yadot means news, right? And that just sounds like idiot to me, you know, yadot, hmm. idiot. <laughs> okay. No, there's an etymology there for sure. I always kind of look into that. Although, stuff. I mean, okay. I mean, the ot is really, uh, uh, just makes the word plural in okay. feminine. Yeah. Whereas in masculine, it would be M, right? Like nephil M, Rephi M, you know, Gibor M. I'm That's glad you bring that up too, still, actually. Yeah, Perfect. You know, idiot news. Uh, aren't we living there, right? Um, right. So, I don't know. I Just like anything else, the guy said what he said, and let's see if he, it pans out. But thus far to me, I'm not impressed. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a, a case of follow the money, in my mind, at least thus far. Um, now... There's um, something that I wanted to point out because you talked about, is it all spiritual, like demonic? Is it all technological, like uh, advanced aliens? Is mm -hmm. it government? Is it some kind of combination? And I found interesting that uh, another Israeli, actually, um, Yitzhak Hayatuman, um, some years ago, he came up with a very simple and low-tech idea he wanted to get a hot air balloon floated over the temple mount with a and then um have the hot air balloon release um so like a fog fog machine okay and then project a holographic temple blue beam right? so, yeah i mean uh, it, it's lower tech than blue beam, but same concept though. Yes. Smoke screen projection. It, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. But, so he says he wanted to do that and then just see which deity shows up. Really? Like, um, okay. <laughs> kind of like, like the bat signal. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cause why have all this conflict about the plot of ground and building a third temple or whatever, just project it holographically and see what happens. <laughs> Right. Uh, while that is actually not Bluebeam itself, you can. The concept is the same. You're going to project something that isn't actually there, but it's a projection, but it still carries the same type of meaning, right? Right. With and the then this, this guy was all wrapped up with um, Yoshi Tsuraya, who is. Um, an Orthodox Jew that was um, kind of kicked out of his community for kind of being out there. And what they wanted to do is uh, engineer video games so that um, I'm trying to find the um, quotation right now. That's why I'm kind of um, st stilted or st stunned or <laughs> stilted. Uh, what they wanted to do, basically, they figured that, um, okay, because this rabbi was into Kabbalah, all right, mm -hmm. and that's like a rabbinic Judaism's mysticism, and they've talked about how uh, magic, by any other name, is the imposition of will, okay, so that they wanted to come up with video games where, where through people progress through levels in the video game, they're actually performing rituals. And to them, to in their worldview, it wouldn't matter that it's just a game because you're still imposing your will, right? You're still wantingly, volitionally wanting things to happen ritualistically. So it doesn't matter that it's in a, 
um, cyber realm and virtual reality in a video game. It doesn't matter. You're still doing it. Okay, so you'd be you'd, so you'd, you'd kind of like uh, invoking the Sephiroth and going through the the different steps and and learning it and then going through the, the actual rituals. That's that's fascinating because it'd still be yeah. entering your mind. It would still be the the spiritual exchange. I see what you're saying because you'd be giving your free yeah. will over to the concepts. Okay, interesting. I'm sorry. The um, the the rabbi was actually Ohad as a Raya. Okay. Um, um, as Rahi, sorry, Ohed mm-hmm. as Rahi. And he says, uh, we're going to hook the players up to video feedback sensors and throw demons at them if they got angry. Oh boy, punishment, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interactive, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's just kind of a, a very, again, it's a video game, it's a holographic projector. And it's really low tech stuff that we're talking about, but still it's the way that these people are um, are talking about these things. So this report I was looking at says that um, Azarhi and Hayukma developed the game, some of that Kabbalism steeped in. It's still there in a dozen, dozens of esoteric riddles and puzzles. Players navigate the narrow streets and bustling marketplaces trying to uncover and decipher Christian, Jewish, and Muslim scriptural clues relating to end times. They can choose to kill each other, but they won't be able to move to the next level if they do. The goal is to unlock the secrets that will induce the coming of the Messiah, whether players believe he will turn out to be the Christian Jesus, the Jewish Mashiach, or the Muslim Mahdi, right? What do they care? As long as somebody shows up. That's, I'm so glad that you uh, brought that point to kind of segue into (laughs) what I was going to reference. I was going to ask you what you uh, (laughs) thought of people kind of theorizing that, that there does seem to be this like almost kind of a push for manifesting prophecy, kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Like if we just push the dominoes and we create the catalyst and the, and the things happen, then the Mashiach will, will absolutely come because he'll have to, like you said, almost like the bat signal. If we just, if we light the candle then they'll see the message and yeah. they, they will come. If we, if we make enough suffering, if we just make enough suffering, and I just don't understand okay, that. Like if we make war, yeah, then, yeah, then that'll okay. be the apocalypse. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. Oh man. We're, Oof, okay, you got my, my brain just going in a million directions. So Good. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I didn't even really answer um, what you asked me to talk about just now, so we're going to have to get back to it. But I, right, okay. since you that's brought cool. that up, okay, there, okay, so let's work our way backwards a little bit. One of the hottest guys in ufology right now is Greer, right? Oh, Greer. yes. Um, okay, man, we're covering okay. everything tonight. Yeah, and, and so, okay, here's one thing. You're listening to him, and he's talking about how he's got uh, all these documents from the government. Okay, great, you know, that's an important disclosure. And he's been briefed by government officials, and he has briefed government officials, mm-hmm. and he's talking about clean energy, and you're like, right on, man. This is a really good, important stuff. Let's go. And all of a sudden, he's like, and, you know, you can uh, join with me and a bunch of my – Greerites, and you can uh, go through an occult initiation to perform rituals to summon aliens. Like, well, uh, huh? 
Why just, huh? But, but free energy. You just gotta summon them, you know, and trade your soul for some free energy. No, no big deal. I mean, what yeah, you, it's just you're making it weird, man. Faustian bargain. Come on, you know. <laughs> Let's it's, see. That's it's that's renewable. Like, it, you don't like renewable energy, bro? <laughs> the renewable energy is your soul. <laughs> there it is. It's, it's a cycle. But you know? See, this is what you're talking about, right? It's the act of summoning. Now, it's it's not Absolutely. just let's read documents about what other people say. It's not about, oh, let's, oh, I don't see anything right now, but maybe it's like, no, we're going to make this happen. We're, we're going to cause contact. Okay. So then um, jumping back through history to a man named Shavtai Tzvi. Okay. Um, he is one of the many people throughout Jewish history who has claimed to be the Messiah. And uh, if you hear about the, Shabbateans, right? Um, that's where they got their name, or um, Shabbatites V. Um, one thing he talked about is how in the uh, the Talmud Bavli, the uh, the Babylonian Talmud, it says that the Messiah would return in a generation that is either altogether righteous or altogether wicked. So he figured, oh, okay, I really don't foresee a generation that's going to be altogether righteous. <laughs> but, hey, maybe we can cause a generation that is altogether wicked. So he and his followers set out to perform every conceivable sin you could think of, and some you probably couldn't think of, uh, to be as wicked as humanly possible under the guise of we're doing it for the good. Because this way, the Messiah will come and save us. That, that's how twisted it is. But this is where you get these concepts of, um, like Aleister Crowley later on in history would talk about, that vice is virtue. That the reason he was doing so many unmentionable things was because vice was virtue. And by doing these things, right? You're causing chaos and collapse until somebody has to come along and clean it all up, right? <laughs> uh, the Francis, Frankists actually followed the Sabbateans. And then you can just, just move forward on through history and you end up with people like Crowley, who uh, basically, if he would have lived on into the 60s, he would have seen exactly what he had been preaching all along, you know, a total collapse of ethics. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, and along with that, a convenient destruction of the family, easy mm. divorce, Do as that well, indeed, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, everything was there, but that's how, um, that's how misguided and deceived these people are, that, okay, so this actually shows us that there's a true, absolute universal ethos, right, a true ethic that they can't even say let's just do evil for the hell of it literally they have to kind of philosophize themselves into an excuse we're actually doing evil for good right in other words they can't escape the ethos because it's absolutely universal so they have to kind of um work their way into pretending that they're a part of it or they're that they're enacting it when of course they're not, but this is what you see in so many cultures, even uh, Hitler and his henchmen having to spend so many years talking 
um, the German people into, this is why it's okay that we're going to do what we're going to do. This is why it's okay. Not shut up, you know, not, not we're going to do it because we feel like it, <laughs> but we have reasons which are really excuses. You know, there's a fine line between a reason and an excuse. But this is why, because they have to get beyond this uh, ethos that God put within us that's administered by our consciousness. So you have to kind of get beyond that somehow. So anyhow, this is why they would um, fall for, for that sort of thing. And then we end up with, yeah, all these people trying to make contact with whatever Greer might mean by the word aliens, or in the case of this uh, holographic third temple, whoever shows up, who cares? Just as long as somebody shows up, that's kind of uh, above us, above humans. So then um, you get into, yeah, okay, so this stuff about contact and um, who, who is involved in that? Well, this gets us back to the thing I mentioned earlier, which is, well, what do we mean by aliens and UFOs, right? And let me just spend a, a minute or two on that. Um, so if I say, let's talk about aliens and UFOs, I've already created a huge mess right there. Because there's people who claim they've seen UFOs, but never seen an alien. And there's people who claim to have seen an alien or have communication with them, but they've never seen a UFO. So that, that's two categories right there. That's two separate categories. But then there's people who claim, well, I've have had experience with both. Okay, so that's another, that's a third main category, right? So then under the UFO category, you gotta still talk about what does that mean? I mean, by definition, it's unidentified. Okay, so one subcategory is you saw something in the sky, but you don't know what it is, period. Okay, there it is, it's a mystery. Uh, another would be, I saw something in the sky and well, uh, it was a craft. It was a nuts and bolts craft. It looked metallic, you know, it could do this, it could do that, but okay. You may not still not know what it is, but you you identify it as a craft. And then, well, I saw this thing and it was an orb, right? Or it was whatever. You have all these subcategories under UFO that go from ball lightning to nuts and bolts craft to, I always like to point out, people started reporting seeing a black triangular spacecraft. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then not much later, we found out about what was then the secret high tech, which was the stealth bomber or stealth fighter yep. which, that are very triangular. Yeah. Or even Kenneth Arnold, he commissioned to have an illustration made of the craft he saw. And when you compare it to what was then the high tech, it looks almost the same. It was called the flying wing. And uh, it's, it's basically just the wings of an airplane with no real body. It was a flying wing. And that's, almost exactly what he claims that he saw so okay um so then you can you know you can dig down through subcategories and subcategories right um so one of them yeah would be uh just good old-fashioned human secret high tech like i said another one's orbs another one's whatever really unidentified on the alien side Again, what are we talking about? Because anything that's not human or not from this earth could mm -hmm. be an alien. Um, 
if you want to use the term extraterrestrial, that's pretty simple because uh, by definition, then uh, angels could be extraterrestrial. God could be extraterrestrial. It's a biological entity from another uh, planet in our solar system or beyond it could be an extraterrestrial or an alien, uh, but also if they come from another dimension altogether. So really anything, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's what do you mean by that? Well, again, subcategories, subcategories, subcategories. Well, what is it that we're talking about? And um, now I find it really convenient uh, is the channelers. Yeah, that's so convenient to me because they can have communication with aliens for decades and they never have to bother seeing uh, any kind of craft or an alien for that matter. So that's always convenient. Um, and then that gets us into how come people who claim to channel aliens and people who claim to channel dead humans have the same shtick? How come they have the same exact shtick? So that there's something really interesting there. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, uh, Whitley Strieber, who for decades has been the poster boy for contact with aliens, mm -hmm. you know, he's um, been very hesitant all that time to talk about aliens. He, he calls them visitors. Okay. And yeah, but or greys, he'll call them greys. He even wrote a book called The Greys. And actually, I asked him, why is it you're always talking about greys? but the painting you had commissioned for the cover of your book communion, how come that visitor isn't gray? And he just said, I don't know. That's just what I saw. <laughs> you know, just Convenient. another one of his many inconsistencies. What can you do? You know, mm -hmm. but um, so, but his latest thing is that he suspects that the whole phenomena of communicating and experiences with grays is really a phenomena of dealing with the dead. That's what he's saying as his latest guess as to what's going on. And I, I think he's probably onto something closer now than he's been <laughs> in many decades. Hmm. That's interesting and that so, people shift through too, as they kind of try to get it going. And, and it's almost kind of sounds yeah. like a lot of times people may even experience something like, uh, like I did, but a little bit of a hiccup comes when people try to nail it down more because, you know, they're selling a book. People want, you know, hey, this is two pages. This is a little bit thin. And so they're kind of like, oh, I got to give all these details. And then maybe they don't mean to embellish, but I think there is kind of a, a natural almost need or expectation to, to bolster the story. And so people do. And, and nobody wants to hear just the, the simple thing that is inexplicable by itself because they they're used to films they're used to this whole story as opposed to hey i can't explain this thing what do you want <laughs> so yeah no you're you're onto something there where, where it where it shifts but it is interesting though that people uh in general i've heard that there has been a, a, a massive shift it all started you know roswell nuts and bolts it was a craft it was metal even if it was some sort of you know weird metal that uh what they say that it's like foil it crumpled and then and then right itself yeah. memory foil memory foam kind of thing right yeah. even if it was nuts and bolts type thing like that that's what everyone said and then kind of we've seen this shift where everything has become more consciousness like you said greer more spiritual and and it's it's interesting because like you said, it, it's, it's clearly going that way, but then no one will just say, well, this is a cult or anything like that. They, they, they'll just kind of like lump it in and it'll, it'll be that, but they won't, they won't call it that. And that to me is a little bit telling. 
Yeah, the, well, the thing, to go back to Strever for a moment, I think he really started heading in that direction when his wife passed away. Oh, okay. And so, okay. But see, Strever is, um, okay, one of the examples of how occultism plays into that because his first experience with uh, the visitors was in his meditation room. Okay, now what happens with Strieber is he always conveniently ends up having memories um, of other things. So then he'll claim, well, no, actually, I just remember this goes way back into my childhood. Okay. And in fact, Billy Myers, the same. His first experience was when he was living in an ashram in India. But then, oh, guess what? Oh, yeah, that's right. This goes way, way back, you know. And so again, you can't really get away from that. Um, my buddy, Jason Horsley, he also had some sort of experience that's similar to something Whitley Strieber would have described. And that was while he was in a Buddhist retreat. So it's like, you just can't get away from it. And so Strieber is uh, saying that he believes that he, when he meditates nowadays, that his wife uh, makes contact with him. In fact, his latest book, she's a co-author, and that's posthumous. I mean, she's a co-author of the book after she passed away. Okay. Hm. I mean, uh, I've heard of ghostwriting, but this is ridiculous, you know. <laughs> yeah okay and i mean i i don't want to laugh at him really because no no i see you gotta, you gotta keep it light this is heavy stuff for yeah, sure yeah yeah but i mean he loved her very deeply and obviously mm -hmm. his wife passed away but that's what he's claiming is that well now i have visitations from her and that's what made him start shifting to oh i think this whole thing about visitors isn't aliens like mm -hmm. from another planet but it's dead humans it's basically a form of um, necromancy yeah. Okay. And now on the, the Billy Meyer side, what's fascinating is one of his main contacts is an alien named Semyaza. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you got that? Okay. See? Right. Can't make it up. You can't see? make this stuff up. You can't make this up. Semyaza is the name of one of the fallen angels in the uh, apocryphal book, uh, Ethiopic Enoch. So uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and remove that. A, just go and take that out of the Bible. Just let's go and remove that out of the Bible. It says too much. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean that—that's a whole other issue. Oh, um, sure. I did write a whole book about that um, in consideration of the books of Enoch, and uh, I do constantly ask people what makes you think that it got taken out because there's a difference between not including it and taking it out. That's two different things, and nobody can ever tell me. But anyhow, the thing is. Why is it that your alien contact has the, <laughs> and that's not a, a common name, right? I it's don't. Just mean a, it's just a working code name. Never Semyaza. mind that. It's a common name. Come on, <laughs> Azazel. Actually, you know. uh, um, a uh, Byron Byron LeBeau. He's a a late researcher. He passed away, but he did a, a lot of research into how come all these aliens have the names of ancient goddesses and gods and demons you know like ashtar command and all this stuff he did some research into that that was really interesting and, and so again um you got that going on with street where you got uh, some kind of crossover with uh, billy meyer 
Then you get into L. Ron Hubbard, because really Scientology is a, a, another UFO cult by any other name, because you, you're going along um, up the levels uh, because you're interested in getting mentally and emotionally healthy. And okay, I, I, Dianetics and then Scientology and now the Church of Scientology can help me. And all of a sudden you get to OT3 and you're like in the middle of a space opera. Wait a minute. <laughs> what does this have to do with it? Uh, with anything. But uh, that's the claim of Harvard is that this intergalactic warlord named Xenu brought aliens to Earth, um, plunked them down into volcanoes and bombed them. You know, to, to, to release the trapped spirits or something, if I recall correctly. There was a really well, good self episode just, that depicted all of this. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a means of uh, depopulation. Oh, okay. So he brought them here just to kill them. Oh, nice. Okay. Just to be rid of the bodies and just, okay, I'm going to just not kill, murder. I'm going to murder a bunch of people because we got to depopulate. But uh, the result was that, according to Scientology, the result was that their spirits uh, then left their bodies because their bodies were blown to smithereens and they roamed the earth and, and they're called thetans. And so now that you and I are walking around on earth, all these thetans attach to us and that's what causes us all kinds of psychological and emotional problems. And that's what Scientology uh, claims to be able to fix. It's kind of like a high tech form of, uh, exorcism really but um, speaking of media this is what you see if you can recall if you can remember the cover of the Dianetics book it's there's a volcano on the cover oh, okay and the thing is it's not an erupting volcano it's an exploding volcano it's it's supposed to depict the volcano into which these aliens were thrown and then bombed um, because they think that they could subconsciously, subliminally trigger a past life memory in you of that event, and that'll help you start getting you uh, rid of, of these thetans that have attached themselves to you. So you see how they're using media to um, attempt to trigger something in you subconsciously through that. And there's other fascinating, I mean, almost every Scientology book is fascinating in its cover. I have one Dianetics book. The cover is just a dropping bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Who prints that in a self-help book? Right. But that's what it is. It's supposed to make you think, oh, here comes the bomb, you know, right. from way back then. Or then I'd have another book where the cover is the, the boxes that contain the aliens being, um, uh, put into the craft i mean transported oh, and like shipped the, around okay yeah. the, yeah. the the, the and, what and the so crisis another and then you you do end up with um l ron hubbard teaming up with uh jack parsons who of course oh, yeah. is famous for his rocketry as well as his occultism mm -hmm. and they're running around doing all these crazy rituals and even though crowley thought that they were a bunch of numbskulls they were still out there doing what they were doing. You know, they were trying to, to create um, the homoculus, the moon child uh, through the, the Scarlet Woman, the Horror of right. Babylon. I mean, they're like, this is the guy you want. 
uh, coming up with a quote unquote technology to tinker around with your brain and soul right. and all that, you know. Oh boy, they wanted to, to have the vessel for the entity to inhabit. Yeah. Okay, do the ritual and create the the rift in the the dimension. A little bit like uh, some of the crazy stuff I've heard about CERN and the uh, Large Hadron Collider and all that jazz. And and uh, I thought that was pretty pretty silly without um, seeing the context until some people showed me some videos of like uh, like the the ritual with the Shiva doing the the dance and the statue, and then they they had the the robes and yeah. the, the the mock ritual outside of the. Uh, the facility there and i was kind of like okay well, tunnel, i mean this yeah. is a little bit different here the, or the tunnel yeah with the the goat head dance yeah. guy and it's like okay i mean this is okay that's a little bit weird <laughs> I, had I to... mean so so <laughs> ufology and occultism are uh yeah they are it's it's so difficult to to think that one of them is not connected to the other somehow in some way it's almost inevitable even if an individual person says hey you know I, I had contact with an alien I'm not into any of that or that occult stuff inevitably something will somehow uh, be there <laughs> in almost every case I've looked at especially the main the, the well-known ones it's, it's it's insane it's just it's inevitable the coral it's just like I said Dr. Greer on the one hand, straight up, hey, I'm a doctor, I talk to government people, I'm looking at documents, and boom. But now you can conduct rituals to summon them. It's like, dude, you, okay, there it is, right? You might have never thought that of something like Dr. Greer. If you watch the presentations where he's talking about documents and he's talking about uh, energy issues, uh, you're, you're like, yeah, right on, amen, brother, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, kaboom, okay, this is there it is there it is i mean yo you might have never thought that but there it is yeah that definitely ties into the kind of spiritual bent a lot of people talk about like how we were talking about uh we're gonna cover in a minute here uh the kind of almost manifested prophecy manifested end times kind of thing like create the conditions and then the thing will happen because the catalyst uh it's a bit like that where where uh people are, are kind of trying to create this, this dynamic. And it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a bit weird to me that it's, that it's not being uh, described in that way, uh, that there's, there's not the, I, I don't want to say that it's dishonest or deceptive because it almost kind of seems like, like there is a deceptive element to the information already. And these people are just kind of echoing the deception without realizing they've been deceived. So, you know, I don't know if that's uh, an apt description. Cause I think that, on the other hand, I think there's plenty of people, uh, some high up cats involved in the stuff that know full well. And that's, I guess, what gets kind of a little bit creepy to me is that there is um, kind of a, a handshake at some point, like what, what was it, the Eisenhower thing, where people said that they agreed to do experiments on humans, essentially genetically, for the exchange of the, the technology. Uh, that to me sounds about right. You know, if you look at everything else that, that we get the, the short end of the deal with, with most governments in history, you know, it's, it's, they, they don't care, you know, they, they want the bomb, you know, they want, they want the, the two second, you know, light speed technology stuff and you got to crack a few omelets to make an egg. I mean, Hey, we, we're the rulers. We decide that's, that's kind of the story that I've always seen. So uh, to me, it's, it's a little bit sketchy that now suddenly like, Oh, we're going to be enlightened and all this and we can summon them. But, 
I don't know. That's, that's again, like you say, it's kind of convenient when you, when you really look at all the elements involved, it's, it's spooky. And there's, there's an exchange there. You always have to ask yourself, like, like with anything, you know, you, like you said, you follow the money, you look at the intent, you know, why did somebody really do this? What was the end goal? What was the gain? Like qui bono or whatever, qui bono, like who gains the phrase, you know, uh, same kind of thing. You know, why, why would these people really be doing this? Um, what, what do they stand to gain from the aliens or whatever that means again, like you said, or, or better right. yet, the question that less people ask is if they're so advanced, what do they need from us? Like if, if we're, if we're so pure and to be left alone, then you would like a Star Trek, you know, the underdeveloped planet kind of thing. It's, it's like, you know, uh, <laughs> they don't have these weapons. They haven't reached that yet. It would be irresponsible of us to bestow the nuke upon, you know, caveman kind of thing and, or where we're at now, even we still don't have the responsibility or the, the kind of decency to not use lethal technology. But that's what I would kind of ask is, you know, what kind of resource, are we if they're coming to us and and then you know a lot of people write that off because if they're so advanced you know in the nuts and bolts kind of older theory then we don't have anything to offer other than say you know raw resources minerals the the planet or something like that but when when you then analyze this under the lens of the kind of more spiritual dimensional stuff now you're kind of talking more of like well are our souls some sort of asset some sort of resource is that what's being harvested or being duped away and you know and i'm i'm not i wouldn't say i'm secular i i definitely am open to all this stuff i'm not i'm not even agnostic i think that's even closer to being uh atheist i i know for certain there's something i just don't know what the hell it is and i'm just trying to <laughs> trying to kind of unravel the the mystery and so i definitely appreciate you know any of you guys doing the the decades of research because you you have to you know once you once you just start at the the rabbit hole with this stuff there's just so many avenues and, and you don't even realize how connected all of it is until you start to kind of get down that, that bit of research with, with each thing. And then you kind of start to see like, okay, who was the head of this program? Oh, gee, another guy that was in that same exact literal cult. Oh, he was literally friends with the same guy. Oh, they literally went to the same place. And, and then you kind of finally start to see like, oh, is this just a bunch of weird, like, demon summoning stuff and and it, it basically is it's it's so bizarre like you you try to like if somebody asks you well, what's the real deal and you're like well if i just tell you the end it's not gonna make sense to you like you're like well you hit me what do you got and you're like okay well they're summoning demons and trying to steal our souls and put us in robot bodies so that the, and they're like whoa whoa and you're like hey man i told you you wouldn't grasp it yet it's it's some really out there stuff and and it's not even really a as much of a theory as it used to be the more we see every I want to say it's every week. There's something as a headline that's, that's just uh, some sort of implementation where it goes from being like they said, the eighties, you know, fantasy stuff and a warning to here we are with like, what was the new one? I just saw that it's one more thing. Uh, the technology where they can beam the sound or something like that, where you can have a yeah, voice to skull. That's what it used to be called for a long time. That was the conspiracy, uh, the title of the program or the, uh, yeah. the technology. And now just a, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, I believe it was a, an Israeli uh, technological firm that released it and, and it didn't seem like it even made that big of a splash. I thought that everybody would be talking about it. You know, people would be like doing videos of, of cutting their headphones or they're just some cheap gimmicky silly thing. But no, it was just a little commercial bloop. Nobody really talked about it. And, and I thought it would be like a well, consumer thing. But, but you, I'm sure, and many others know what could be done with that. And, and I thought for sure that alone would be... Uh, getting people to talk about how you could just, you know, combine this with blue beam. You got sound beam is what I guess I would call yeah. it. Sound beam, blue beam. You have a full 
created curated experience like you know i'm sure you are aware of this the the bluebeam thing gets deep where you know basically it's tailor-made to this nation this faith you want to see you know uh muhammad in the sky or or you want to see christ in the sky or you want to see shiva like it's going to be whatever has that impact upon those people and that to me is kind of the the running theme of all this is like like you said, why, why do they always have these same names if it's, if it's this alien, you know? So I, I definitely want to come back to what you're saying there because that's, that's really intriguing to me that, that people don't ask these questions and that they just kind of shrug it off. They, they're so gung-ho and ready for the alien stuff, but then they don't ask, um, you know, why, why, for example, the recent thing he said, uh, the, the space chief said that, you know, they, they don't want to be revealed. Well, well why? Because as soon as he said they don't want to be revealed and they said something else, uh, that we will understand what space and spaceships are, I thought that was a really yeah, strange yeah. thing to say. Because yes. that kind of goes with yes. some of the stuff that, that you know, you've covered. Uh, all it made me think of was, was uh, uh, the old book, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, the the childhood's end childhood's where end. where the demon is like well you gotta understand i look kind of scary and the guy's like i mean we are right we can't show you yet and it's like well just just do the plan stick to the plan trust the plan <laughs> says the devil guy the space devil like and, and you have to wonder where where some of these uh tropes come from because it's almost like we might have it backwards like you know maybe maybe we've been warned of something before and and there was no way to kind of get people to continue the record without the narrative of the story. And I don't know, I guess that kind of sounds blasphemous. Like, you know, if you're just almost writing it off, like, Oh, it's all a metaphor. Cause I know a lot of people like to do that. That are, that are the more secular views. Oh, well, what they meant was, uh, you know, the ancient aliens thing. Well, it was a ship, even though they described it in detail as something that wasn't nuts and bolts. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. I mean, that's your theory. Like, I, I think that people definitely need to open up to the kind of weird union where it's like, you know, we don't understand. We see the three dimensions. We barely understand like the fourth dimension of time. You know, we, we see a limited, even with the vision that we see, we see a limited spectrum of light of what we could even see if our eyes work differently. And that's just, you know, we, we don't even see all of one of the dimensions of our you know, perceived reality. So to me, the whole dimension thing is kind of like a misnomer because we don't even know, there's no way to talk about something that we don't even know the reality of. And so we're kind of going back to what you said earlier is that we don't even have the definition of the term. So of course there's no, you know, no progress made on understanding it because we, we need to create that foundation of at least whatever we do understand, because we're not going to grasp the whole thing. What's something we can agree upon? Like almost like, what is it not then? And not enough people really do that. Like, and, and they don't, they don't question these things as far as like motives. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's why I look, why is this all being pushed so much? And that's, what's been, creeping me out because it's it's everywhere it's in everything and and i remember you know having experiences or even just being into this stuff as kind of an entertainment kind of thing uh people weren't that into it uh not that long ago you know people talk about that how how you were it was just exactly it was lumped in with the conspiracy stuff it was like oh you you believe that no 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 i would tell people i'm, I'm curious about this don't you think this is interesting that a lot of people claim to have seen something maybe maybe they're they're misunderstanding but there's definitely something happening here well now fast forward to 2020 and it's just you you'd be less likely to find someone that doesn't believe in it and for that right. rapid shift to me that's like some effective uh predictive programming brainwashing stuff because people did not like it before it creeped people out. People thought you were crazy. They didn't even want to talk to you. Like if, if you said something that even hinted that you were even 
curious about the alien stuff or ET or any of it, people, you know, discredited your, your other thoughts then by proxy kind of thing. And, and that's just not the case anymore. Now people, like you said, they're, they're summoning them. And, and I think that's a little bit like uh, Hawking and uh, uh, his warnings, um, uh, Stephen Hawking, or, or uh, the dark forest theory where, you know, we're, we're, we're sending the gold record with like, here's my address. And we're, we're like doxing ourselves like on the, the galactic cosmic internet. Like, hey guys, here's my, my cute photo. Hope nothing happens. Hope you aliens aren't going to come and probe me or nothing. Like, you know, we're, we don't really know what we're, who's, who's the alien on the other end. Like, oh, humans, uh, these, these ignorant humans. Like, yeah, I'll, yeah, be there soon, guys. Warp drive engage. Like, I don't know. It's, it's. To me, there's, there's a, a really spooky spiritual thing here that people are, are overlooking. The more it gets pushed, uh, the more I'm really suspicious for sure. Because it's great you brought up the, uh, the Greer stuff because it kind of like we kind of covered some of the, the biblical stuff and then the modern stuff and how things are kind of repackaged and rebranded. Uh, yeah, the, the Greer stuff, I had already looked into some of that, you know, naturally as it kind of covers some of this. And, you know, like you said, oh, he's legitimate there or appears to be legitimate as being, you know, given briefings and, and himself giving other people briefings. But uh, I was a little bit familiar with that. But then after I posted my whole orb thing that I saw, you know, coming out of the, the, the trees and all, um, people were reaching out to me being like, oh, you got you to gotta talk to Greer. That's the guy. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, sure maybe so i don't know i don't know if he's gonna talk to some random uh, you know could be making it up for all he knows because i don't have his credentials right you know i could make it up like random guy he's got no reason to to go off of that but uh it got weirder though because uh, i think I, I mentioned in my uh talk with isaac uh that they had uh reached out to me in my comments on the video and oh yeah we we summoned them like we we actually held one of our our you know powwows uh, the same day or around the same day or something. So they, there was no doubt. They weren't like, perhaps it could be related in kind of the, the fun way. No, no, it was just absolutely like, so when are you meeting up? Because you are the golden child and the aliens have chosen you. I'm just like, oh, okay, oh, all right, all right, dude. This is, this is too much for me. But uh, I mean, I, have, I had definitely had an experience back in the 90s that, that could preface all this, that, you know, possible abduction kind of thing. But but that's that's what's so kind of tiresome when you when you look into any of this kind of stuff is, is especially if you legitimately have had some sort of uh, you know like like footage like I had or encounter like I had, you know I never ran around telling people I I was abducted or aliens are real because just right from the get go I just I don't know I'm not gonna claim to know I know something strange happened to me it proves that there is something else. But I'm not going to jump to any conclusion. And, and, and that's the problem is when you try to find other researchers, most of the time, you know, it's somebody who's like written some books or maybe done some talks or whatever. But usually it's kind of like what we initially said. It's, it's based off of like an entire expanded work from that central point of, you know, hearsay or, you know, a lot of the people that get really into it are just that they're into it. They haven't even experienced anything or seen anything and they almost want to. And to me, that's kind of a, a intellectual issue because they're so passionately looking for something as opposed to subjectively kind of saying like, hey, is this, is this a thing? You know, so they see something that looks like even potentially a lead. Oh, I finally have the proof. I finally have the facts. And, and that to me is, you know, it really clouds their, their judgment when, when measuring, you know, a, a third party source that, you know, might be just a, a hoax kind of thing. Uh, 
so yeah, it, it gets yeah. tough to, to look yeah, to let's, people. Let's pause here a second. Oh yeah, sorry, bro. No, just so we can kind of try to process everything that that you've been talking about and maybe dig into a, a couple of details on it. Because the voice to skull thing, I mean, gosh, you can look at advertisement videos on YouTube right now. And it's just, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, it's a technology that doesn't send sound waves into your ear. It's the vibrations off of your skull bones. Okay. So, yeah. So then you can hear something that a person two feet away can't hear. Right. So, for instance, in the commercials, you'll see that there's people on a dance floor and they can hear the music. They're dancing around. But then there's tables, people eating dinner around the dance floor, and it's perfectly quiet there. Okay. So see what I mean? If, if you're on the dance floor, then those vibrations are reverberating in your skull and you can hear the music. But then uh, someone sitting five feet away from you trying to have a conversation over dinner can do so because they they're not hearing it. Right, so it's like passive. Sense, right, it's, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool technology um, in that sense. And there's also been advertisements where like there's a billboard and if you're on the sidewalk, you can hear the advertisement on the billboard but if you're walking next to that person on the street, you can't hear it. The issue is it gets you into people who talk about receiving messages from, you name it, uh, the dead, from aliens, from whoever, the demons, you know. And um, how much of it is just this pretty basic um, technology where the person maybe laying next to them in bed isn't hearing anything, right? and uh, how easy it is to for this to become a means of deception so you combine that with uh, again sights in the sky <laughs> holographic or blue beam however you want to term it and you have the makings of something very deceptive and if you are playing around with the concept of aliens that has a potential of really cutting through almost every worldview because um I mean, if you flat out uh, deny aliens, maybe it won't take you much to go, oh, there they are right there. Okay, I was wrong. Next. You know, it won't be that big a deal. Uh, maybe for some people it will because they'll, they'll just refuse to, to see what's before their eyes because some of us know that there's things that are more true than what's before our eyes. <laughs> but um, then, in fact, I was just listening to... Um, a talk by the atheist Michael Shermer today, and he's referring to atheists as gods for the atheist. I mean, uh, referring to aliens as potential gods for atheists. Creators, right. Okay. Right, because if you're an atheist, what's higher than humanity? Well, it'd have to be an alien, and they're more advanced. Evolution, therefore. technology, right. Yeah, and um, so, in fact, in my book, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey Aliens, <laughs> I had a whole chapter titled um, Ancient Atheist Aliens, about how many atheists are just going nuts talking about aliens. And it seems to me that's why. And be, because also, the more evidence that comes in um, that, that this universe and we humans are designed, well, they don't want to attribute it to God, so it must be aliens. Okay. And so potentially that has uh, the ability to cut through everything and, every, and everyone. And there's also an aspect of 
the progression of these claims so that the alien claims and even their manner of speech and technology seem to progress along with what our idea of the future is like. So if you go back to L. Ron Hubbard and his description of the whole Xenu scenario, uh, he talks about the, the Xenu's alien craft as looking just like DC-8 airplanes, DC-8s. And it's like nobody would ever make such a cheesy claim today, right? right? That the, these aliens from another planet build a flying craft that should look just like our airplanes. Come on, no one's going to do that. But that was uh, kind of the high tech of that day. So he just kind of said, yeah, they're just like the high tech of our day. It's the high tech of that they have, right? And so it, it's this similar with the claim that um, early aliens claim that they're from other planets in our solar system. Well, but then we got better at exploring our solar system, and then they claimed, yeah, okay, we're actually from farther than your solar system, and then farther and farther and farther. And nowadays it's like, yeah, now we've kind of figured out that space travel would be uh, tremendously difficult for many, many reasons, including, God forbid, you're traveling at a gajillion miles an hour and you hit a tiny little, little asteroid, you know, and it's stuff like that. <laughs> and so, okay, guess what? We're actually from another dimension. That, that just kind of makes it easier. Now you just can't it's reach so it. Don't look for it. Yeah. Don't, don't question it, right? Buy so it, convenient, though. you know. <laughs> and now, in my mind... I always like to start at a very basic common sense level and it's like, okay, we know about secret technology that mm -hmm. governments are working on. Sometimes they end up being revealed to us and sometimes they don't. We know that. Okay. So that's, that's pretty simple place to start. So we know that there are things people have seen in the sky that are just human technology. It was just not known at the time. And we, at least it has been reported that um, there's relatively low-tech kind of ways to make people have experiences that they would later go on to describe as paranormal or uh, ufological, right? We know that uh, voice-to-skull, uh, mind-control experimentation. In fact, Whitley Strieber's right in the middle of that because he claims to be a victim of MKUltra mind-control experimentation. Oh. He himself came up uh, out with that. He claims that. And it's like, okay, well, that would definitely explain a lot. Yeah, you think you would question everything then? Like, is this just yeah, like an implanted see, memory? Like, But I, it's almost like he's so bought into it by that time. It's no fun anymore, right? Yeah, and that's what, no fun to question it. Yeah. What he says is that he recognizes he's been my, um, MK Ultra experimented on mind control. Okay. Um, but that his experience with the visitors are, are true because he says people who would run into him on days that he had experiences with the visitors would point out that he was agitated. So to him, that was enough to get him convinced that, yeah, okay, so that was a real experience. Whereas I'm thinking, well, if you underwent a session of uh, mind control experimentation, including hypnosis or maybe even uh, traumatic torture, that would definitely uh, make you agitated. Yeah, that would definitely do it. 
but the thing is when, when you, you when you start kind of unpacking the sorts of things he's saying so for instance he talks about how the these visitors the grays recognize he was really freaked out by their big black eyes mm -hmm. so he says oh and one of them one time appeared to him wearing those ridiculously large plastic sunglasses you know those okay says, yeah and kind of to show him oh come on you know it's not such a big deal it's and I'm thinking, well, but that's the kind of thing that some uh, guy at the CIA or some university would be doing to you if they had you in a hypnotic state. And what they wanted you to remember is not uh, the features of a human face, but what you would instantly remember is, oh, big black eyes, big black eyes, to the point where the face is basically obscured and it would just turn into, oh, probably no ears, a tiny little face, uh, nose and mouth. And that's kind of like a government spook would do that kind of ridiculous thing. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, let's go down to the local state fair and get those ridiculously large glasses. And now we got this guy hypnotized and hey, I'm a visitor, you know. And so it kind of starts to make sense. So anyhow, I'm saying start there because those are knowns. Those are stu that stuff that everyone knows or can easily know about. Okay, so the next level would be a little more difficult for some people, but again, like I said, the occult experience, which for some odd reason, believe in it or not, think of it what you will or not, how come you cannot seem to get away from it when it comes to the context of these experiences? So you have to at least consider that there's something to it. Um, so then you get to the issue of, um, biological entities from elsewhere in our universe or other dimensions to me that's okay but that's just down the line in my mind okay let's put that way down the line because that's a lot further away from the kind of things that the government the cia and other governments around the world are known to have been doing either manipulating people or just working on craft like a, like we talked about the stealth program that, that's just too far away so is it conceivable? Let, let's just get there eventually. <laughs> let's, let's look at the stuff we know and then maybe get to that eventually because the only people telling us that they know that are people in the here and now who are dealing with um, being in countries where the governments are doing this kind of stuff and where there's occultism going on. Again, however you want to understand it. So. That's why in my mind, it's not, there's not really um, a ufology theory of everything. Because like I said, when we remember, we talked about the main categories and subcategories. There's so many that one explanation won't explain them all. And maybe this explanation explains that, but it doesn't explain this. And so it's, it's a lot more complicated than if I were to say it's all demonic. Well, wait a minute guys working on the stealth fighter is demonic mm, i don't think so i mean what is that what does an airplane have to do with anything you know as, as demonic as it might be to build a craft to bomb people into smithereens i'm granting that you know but i'm saying it's uh is there a demonic aspect of it i wouldn't doubt it for a second you know are they able to manifest these weird things again i don't doubt it for a second but does that mean that when you saw something in the sky and it looked like a craft and you didn't identify it, 
oh, there's the that's demonic. Well, maybe not. Maybe so. It's just that's how it is in my mind. Is there's there's so many um, when you're thinking about it um, analytically, there's there's so many categories that you need to be careful. That's when you need to slow down and say, I think I got a good explanation for A. Uh, maybe B and C, but then when we get down the alphabet, when we're down to X, Y, and Z, yeah, okay, it doesn't explain that. I think I got a good handle on this stuff. I don't think I got a good one on that one. So that's like you were saying, where we need to be careful about people who, who claim that they have it all figured out because there's so much to figure out. It has so many tentacles that you, you can't just pretend because you have one answer, you have them all. But one of the things I often like to point out is uh, let's listen to what these supposed aliens are allegedly telling us, the alien messages. What is it that they have to tell humanity? Because uh, you have to kind of, that's another aspect of this altogether. Beyond the sightings, beyond the physical interactions, what are they telling us? And incidentally, I wanted to point out that um, you know how uh, not too many years ago they were remaking the TV show V? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was short-lived. I don't think they ever – it was very short-lived and it got canceled. But by the end of the show, the aliens were trying to build a machine that would ex extract the human soul from the body. Okay. <laughs> like, why on earth are aliens – wanting to do this, uh, I don't know, what is this, some kind of exorcism. They want human souls, okay, and they're going to build a machine that'll do that. I mean, the show played it off with that. They wanted to uh, experience human emotions, and they figured if they got human souls that they'd be able to do that. So, But again, why on earth are aliens being depicted interested in extracting human souls? Um, so... Um, aliens, uh, they, for some odd reason, uh, speak in new age terminology most <laughs> often, Convenient. which is very fluffy and puffy, you know, and for some reason they usually have British accents. I don't know. <laughs> well, because uh, they're intellectual I, aliens, of course, mate. I guess. I expect you that. Know? Yeah. You never hear an alien, uh, who's like, we don't land on earth. Yeah. You know, you never, why don't you ever get those, you know, anyhow. Uh, but to me, when I cut through all the fluff and puff and all that, and just what are they really telling us? Uh, there's three main messages that they bring to us. And it's like the perfect disinformation in my mind, because the three claims they make are good and true, but it's the solutions I have a problem with. <laughs> so they say, you know, you humans are always fighting each other, um, politics, governments, you're fighting wars, you know. Okay, yeah, of course, that's always been a problem. Gotcha. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and you guys are always uh, fighting each other over theology, you know, religion versus religion. Okay, yeah, definitely. No, God, gotcha. And, you know, you're, you humans are polluting the Earth. You're destroying your planet. No, okay, yeah, I'm down the line. All three make perfect sense. So what do we do? Oh, well, form a one world religion with a one world government and worship the earth as a deity. Huh. <laughs> now, how come your solutions 
are the same ones as you can find in the book of Revelation, uh, warning us about the uh, end time, the eschaton, and the, the false prophet and the beast. And all. How come it's the same goal? The abomination of desolation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a one world religion. And then out of Romans chapter one, you would get the uh, earth worship, which is when, when you deny God, then you start worshiping nature. Because again, what's greater than humanity? Well, it would be nature. And nature gave birth to us and, and um, caused the aliens to exist. And maybe they seeded us here and then you go down that panspermia road. But how come that's what aliens come all from wherever they come from? That's what they have to offer us? How come they're interested in our politics? How come they're interested in our theology? And, and by the way, what qualifies them to set us straight about theology? Just because they're good engineers and they're able to build a craft that can get them across the universe or from another dimension. Um, good engineering, ergo good theology. How, how does that make sense? That's a non sequitur. That'd be like if our astronauts land on an alien planet and start lecturing to them about theology, you know, which would most likely we would probably do that. that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds like humans. And, but but I'm saying they would most likely turn them into masons, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, just because you know how to pilot a craft, you're going to tell me about God? How 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 does that? How do the two things? Uh, high 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 tech ver uh, ergo high spirituality? How? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but it doesn't that's a bit like necessarily. The, it's, that's that's yeah. per, that's perfect. So like, I always pictured with the uh, the conquistadors coming and being like, "Well, we're God now, bro," and everyone's just like, "Well, he's the shiny metal man. He's got the boomstick, okay." And then they <laughs> took everything, and that's that's what's spooky to me too. Is like, you know, you got the the D wave. I think it was the quantum computer guy giving some speech um, about like the Lovecraftian entities that we absolutely want to let through, and I'm just like, "Whoa, dude, what? Like, you don't know." even with all the sweet fluff flowery language, you know, like a uh, John D in England there with the Enochian stuff, you know, like they're, they're summoning things and, and until it's here, they're going to say whatever they want to say, whatever it is to sweeten the deal, to, to get you to open the gate, to get you to, to open the rift. Mm -hmm. And then, then once it pours through, I mean, who knows what it really is. And that's, that's another thing they're putting in a lot of the movies too, like the Marvel stuff or anything where there's always like the, the black cube and then the cube somehow mm -hmm. like is like the dimensional, you know, power gateway thing. It's in, what is it in like uh, transformers, the Tesseract thing. And there's just, it's always like the same cube thing. That's like, Oh, we just need to like, evolve and, and and it's uh it's it kind of like i said it's it's deceptive to me it, it's it's uh as though there's something that we need that this provides when i think we've been good in history till now i mean like you said we we have war and stuff but like we, we're just kind of going to keep doing that right i mean it's it's interesting that if something was so much more advanced than us that it still needs to convince us to change our ways as opposed to just coming down from on high and saying hey you know here's the stone tablet here's the here's the edict you know, it's, it's strange to me but, to, to convince. Because it's, it's all Faustian bargain stuff. Yeah. Whether it's a human government or demons or aliens, it's always the same. It's always, uh, well, like we're doing right now. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll give up my freedom of assembly. Yes. I'll give up almost everything. I'll, I'll live in my home like I'm in the movie Surrogates, <laughs> you know, uh, just for safety. Sure. Uh, just for technology, sure. Just for you name it, 
it's all Faustian. It's all, um, you're giving away, you know, when the last, not this election, the previous one, what I was saying is the key question in other elections has been, um, is the economy better or whatever? But the, the, the one before this, I was saying, maybe the question should be, do you have more freedoms today than you did four years ago? Now ask that today, and it's just a ridiculous question <laughs> anymore. You know what freedom? Uh, yeah, you essentially have uh, the freedom to live within these tiny four walls. And I mean, the other day I went to a grocery store. I kid you not, I stood in line for an hour to get in, an hour. And it used to be a big joke. Oh, back in Jimmy Carter days, you had to line up for gas. That's how bad it was, and that was considered horrible. Mm -hmm. Today it's like. You better do it and don't you dare complain because then that proves you don't care about your fellow human beings. Yep. You know? Crazy. An attack on individualism and liberty. Yeah, for sure. What was it? The Franklin quote, uh, those that sacrifice security for liberty will lose both and deserve neither. Mm. Here we are. <laughs> It's tough. It's tough for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know how long you were planning to go. I know we all got Let's kids, go to the kids top and lives. Okay, cool. It sounds good, actually. I think that's okay. just enough time to get in a little more of yeah. what you're getting at there for sure. So let's see here. Uh, sure. What were we leaving off at? I suppose uh, just some of what you were saying about how uh, it almost seems like they're kind of creating the circumstances you know the georgia guidestone stuff it's it's funny that whether it's the aliens or whatever avenue the message comes through it's just you know oh the planet it's it's this like you know eco-friendly thing but but humans are the issue you know uh there's too many of them we're we're bad as we are we need to be made into some more manageable transhumanist shell you know the the cyborg stuff because then you could be immortal and all that like you know because you need to be immortal like it's it's too much. So I'd, I'd love to definitely hear what you think about how it seems like we're being primed and, and set up for this whole, you know, this alien new world order, one religion and times agenda thing, because for those of us that see it, it's just like, ah, I can't believe this is really going down in my lifetime. And, and everybody else is just, you know, getting used to it. And that's, that's kind of what's scary is, is, is everyone's being so quickly conditioned for just less and less freedom and that to me just i'm just waiting for whatever the mark of the beast is going to be so uh yeah i'd love to, to kind of wrap it all up with everything we've explored and and explore uh definitely what you were saying there because i think that's pretty key that's that's where we're at right now i think that would help a lot of people that are looking for some sort of explanation to all this i think that this is a pretty good point to uh to have them start from see let me um okay this is how my mind works. I'm going down through history for millennia. Okay, mm -hmm. let's think about for a moment, like you talked about the Israelites uh, being in the wilderness or desert for, uh, it was over 40 years, but okay. 40, okay, so they made their track to Israel. After that, it was 40 years. And why was that? Because God, God was saying, you know, um, I need to wait for a generation who has grown up under my tutelage in a, man, in a manner of speaking, right? Because the previous generation grew up as slaves and right. there's an issue with institutionalized, institutionalization, right? Where you become institutionalized. So if you were a slave and your parents were slaves and your grandparents were slaves, right? Then there's this certain mentality that you have and that had to be overcome 
and it's overcome by wandering, uh, wandering the wilderness and that generation passing away. Now you have a new one who's able to have a new worldview and a different perspective, and they're able to go into the land and, and hopefully do what they were supposed to, failing along the way. Well, then you have, uh, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Childhood's End, okay? So in that story, the aliens land and they're communicating with us, but we don't get to see them, not for about uh, 50 years. Right? Because they wanted that generation to pass away and the new generation who has grown up from the time they were born with the concept of there's aliens amongst us, right? And things are so different in terms of worldview that then they finally are able to reveal themselves and they look like every creepy medieval depiction of demons or, right. or the devil you've ever seen, even though that's not biblical, whatever, that, that was... Arthur C. Clarke's take on it. And so then it wasn't so shocking <laughs> because essentially theology had all but disappeared, a traditional theology within that mythos, I mean, of course. So that it was like, okay, yeah, these are our alien saviors. They just so happen to look like demons and devils, right? But that was why it was, it was for a whole new worldview to come about. And so that it wouldn't be so shocking and they would be accepted like that. And incidentally, the three-part uh, miniseries that the Sci-Fi Channel did on Childhood's End is definitely on my list to review in my newest uh, book, uh, reviewing movies with aliens and uh, UFO themes. And one of the scenes I love, you know, I love to note, I love to hate, is where he's literally using a high-tech Ouija board to communicate, you know, it's like, dude, okay, you have to just grab our faces and jam it, jam it into like, are you getting the picture yet? Yeah. <laughs> or where he's got so, the, yeah. uh, the children on each hand and it's essentially the, uh, the Baphomet yeah. uh, tarot card of the devil where he's got the each hand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the statue, the, the satanic temple put up in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so then that's kind of what's been going on is um, ever since I, I know, well, I wasn't born in North America, but I mean, I get the idea that uh, for a lot of people, the 50s was like a golden era, you know, most likely if your skin was pale, it's probably <laughs> that was a golden era. Right. And you know, the roaring 20s wasn't that fun. Uh, don't talk about the 30s too much. That was too depressing. But, right. you know, traditional family values and even if the whole country wasn't Christian, you could at least expect people to have a certain ethic. And uh, let me tell you this story that blew my mind. So my pastor, uh, one of my pastors um, who lived in a small town somewhere said, yeah, one day I, I asked my dad, how come we don't lock the door when we leave the house? And he said, well, what if the neighbor needs something? <laughs> Duh. Why, why would you lock your door? Because if your neighbor needed something, he could walk right into your house, get what they needed. And yeah, that's, that was neighborly. Duh. Or you ever see all those ridiculous movies where someone jumps in a car that isn't theirs and, oh, the keys are right here. In the, yeah, they're always in the, the visor. Yeah, <laughs> they just drop down. Because that's what people used to do. Where else would you keep your car keys? You Different would time, keep them yeah. in your car. Duh, where now to, to me that's inconceivable to not lock your door, to leave your keys in your car. It's in, 
conceivable, but that was just expected back then, you know, and just to show you how much we've lost. So you have this slow, um, basically the way I would put it, bottom line, is a deconstruction of God's creation, right? So his, his creation of reality, we want to claim that reality is subjective now. His creation of um, traditional family values. Uh, well, forget those. Who are you to tell me what a family is? Uh, uh, the creation of even human beings, where we're saying, you see the way I look? You think you know that I'm a man? Guess what? I'm whatever I claim to be. Uh, and, and, and I can now, I can do it not just by claiming I'm something different, um, I can also get onto a website and use maybe a female name and then people will treat me as a female and I can portray myself that way. But now I can take all kinds of crazy hardcore pharmaceuticals and go through radical reconstructive surgery to deconstruct what I actually am and be something made in my own image. So it's, it's a deconstruction, 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 you know, and then even if you look at uh, like surrealism in paintings, it's not just something that looks cool. <laughs> There's a worldview behind it. And the worldview is to deconstruct reality. So if in three dimensional physical reality, a clock is a clock, in a Dali painting, it's melting because that's something that could never happen. But when you're, you're deconstructing reality, so it's coming at us from every conceivable angle, like an art of war type of um, process, where it's, it's philosophic, it's biochemical, you know, it's sociopolitical, it's, it's from every conceivable angle, just deconstructing. And now, like you said, people who even a year ago would have called you nuts for talking about some of the things you're talking about today, they're like, uh, hi, can you give me some information? Because now I'm realizing that, and in 2020, anyone who's paying attention can see everything manifesting and being exposed. And I do agree with you that uh, even if coronavirus is something that just happened, right? It, it, we didn't create it. It's, it's just a virus that came about. It's still an issue of never letting a good crisis go to waste. And now uh, part of it is depopulation and part of it is control. I mean, there's just no denying it. And all these things that I, I'm just wondering when the mainstream media are going to line up at people like Alex Jones's door and say, oops, sorry, you know, you were right about so many things, they never will, of course, but you can look back and, and um, when you think about all the truthers or conspiracy theorists or whatever you wanna call them through the years, a lot of whom had some really good solid information and now we're able to see um, how much of what any one a given person was saying that that was true because we're watching it happening before our very eyes, you know? as much as we can see where they were just going off the deep end, right? Like, again, Greer talking about the importance of renewable energy. Okay, I mean, that's like an obvious and true thing. But then again, then you need to deal with his other issues. So that's, to me, that's what's going on uh, before our eyes. It's, they don't call it a reset for no reason. I mean, this is resetting uh, just about everything you could imagine from um, your, your local governments 
going uh, power hungry and de determining that they're going to tell you what you're going to do inside your own home. You know, that's like been the ultimate closed door. Well, now people don't just want to come out of their closet. They want to kick your door in, metaphorically or not, and tell you what you're going to do. You could, there's countries today where you could spend time in jail for something you said in your own home. That's where we are. I mean, that's where we're living. And there's thousands of people standing behind that law going, yeah, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, now we'll shut you up, you know. And, um, well, just remember, when you point your finger, you got three fingers pointed back at you. And you might really be enjoying that kind of censorship right now because it's agreeing with you. But what's it going to take for the tide to change a little bit and then another regime will take over that's setting its sights on you, you know? Absolutely. You won't like it then, but it's in place. It'll be in place. Yeah, we have to defend uh, the, the speech of even those ideas that which we do not agree with yeah. because that's a fair open forum for, for theories and to find truth. As soon as we shut down somebody else, they're just going to come for us. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but they will for sure. The, in the fact, side... at one time, I was, I was the president of a, a semi-national corporation's diversity council. And uh, boy, did I ever learn some stuff in there. <laughs> uh, the, the other people in that diversity council really had no clue as to what diversity actually is. You know, their point of view, the term I came up with is diversity becomes uniformity. Right? I'll give you a real example. One of the guys said, oh, you know, St. Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh, oh, but we can't call it Saint. Valentine's Day because someone might get offended and I said wait a minute now we're the diversity council so if someone gets offended we explain to them that they need to be tolerant and celebrate diversity that's what we're here for but no it was about censoring it was about pretending that those real differences weren't there celebrating diversity is uh, watering everything down to pretend it's all the same. No, no, but that's what it was like for them. It was unreal. No, that's, that's a great point too, because that, that's a huge, uh, I feel, a false point of contention placed upon everyone these days where, you know, if you celebrate diversity, like you said, it would be to enjoy the fact that a culture is completely different and something that you and your ancestors would never have come up with. And so you, you get to hear a type of music you've never even heard, or maybe your ancestors never even heard it. That to me is awesome. That to me is cool. I don't want to, to get away from that. I don't want us to all be familiar with the same pop song because we all know the same stuff that was given to us. Like I, I love going somewhere I've never seen and, and patterns on clothing that I would never even come up with. Like that's, that's like, living in in some story or something that's the color of life and the spice of variety and and that's what's being taken from us is, is heritage and and the fire of of our you know, ancestors we went from melting pot to smoking pot <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's <laughs> now we're just a fondue pot now we don't even know what we're doing this is Going off the rails. Yeah, well, a big goopy hot mess. Yeah, exactly. Dude, no, this, this has been a good show. We, I feel like we scratched yeah. the surface because there's just so much of the stuff that's dovetailed oh, yeah. and combined. We're going to yeah. have definitely follow up, definitely do some more, maybe even like Gladly. we were saying, 
get together with a few people and kind of just see yes. where it goes because it's it's just a big old cluster conspiracy thing that like you said it's got so many tentacles it oh, is yeah. related that doesn't make it the same thing just because it's all related but a lot of the same cats involved in the stuff go to the same country clubs they all fly on the same plane and go to the same island if you know what i mean they're all friends and <laughs> and we're the ones getting duped here as they take us all for a ride so we just all got to stick together no matter how crazy like you said even if we're seeing strange sights in the sky and hearing strange sounds that we've never heard before just know that you know there are people that can falsify those things and and whatever you believe you know you gotta you gotta stick true to your tradition and to your family and to your faith you know whatever that is because that's that's real that's that's blood that's heritage that's something that you can count on and and look back on and that to me seems to be what's being uh kind of taken away from us it almost seems like i've heard people say that we're having our divinity or our connection to divinity severed so to speak mm. and it really seems that way uh, it seems like we're being cast into this new role of you can only seek anything like you said spiritual or meditating it all has to be this this new world order kind of new one world religion and and to yeah. me a lot of people might like that like you said the atheism people are like oh now i finally have this thing but it, it actually just takes away everybody else's heritage and so I'm glad that uh, you pointed out a lot of those branching avenues and kind of brought it back together because that's that's exactly what I was hoping for. So this has been a really great show connecting all of those Likewise, dots. And yeah. I'd love to see where it goes from here too because I feel like every conversation like this is is very necessary to getting closer to unraveling mm -hmm. the labyrinth of the whole mystery. So yeah, uh, what works do you have coming out soon here that you are uh, writing right now? Oh, right now, well... Um, I was writing a book reviewing movies that have alien and UFO themes. And then I took a break from that to write a different book. <laughs> um, so I wrote a review of the entire first season of Raised by Wolves. Ridley Scott. Speaking of Mr. Wolf. Uh, yeah. Might have to and watch then, that one. So then, yeah. Oh, man, that's got everything. Everything we've been talking about almost is in there. Romulus and Remus of the yeah. future, for sure. Oh, it's insane. Um, so now I'm back to the, the book. And I got to about page 500, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a book series. Oh, yeah, I break it wanna, up. Yeah, it was getting too crazy. <laughs> and the more movies I thought, oh, i got to review this one. Oh, and that, oh, that one will be great. And okay, it's definitely going to turn into a series because there's just too much to cover. But that's better for the audience, I think, because there'll be shorter, cheaper books. And for me, it's just been a, a blast uh, writing them and also eye-opening to just see how many of the themes, a lot of the things we've actually been talking about, how many of them have come up again and again and again from these movies from back in the golden era till today. I mean, it's, gosh, it's unbelievable. They're all over the place. All that, the, the same kind of stuff, just kind of repackaged. And it's been really amazing to see that. Oh yeah, what was the first one? Metropolis, the, the silent one where they, the robot slowly becomes the, the lovely silent film girl the, with the well, cute I mean, face. I'm talking about uh, alien and UFO themes. But uh, in my book, um, Transhuman Hollywood, I definitely reviewed. Um, actually, Isaac Weishaupt contributed a chapter reviewing um, Metropolis for that book. 
Yeah, and there's there's a weird connection there too between all of that because it definitely seems oh, yeah. to be uh, like the the main agenda to get us all to be alien robot vessels for the demon overlords. I I don't know. <laughs> We're getting closer to figuring it out though. So uh, yeah, where could people find your books to purchase? For me, I've made it really easy. If you go to True Free Thinker, all one word, truefreethinker.com, I just put everything right there on the homepage. You'll be able to find the social networking sites and the books and just everything's there. Easy, user-friendly, truefreethinker.com. Nice. One little central hub for, for everything that you have covered. Yeah. Well, I really like that you came on the show to help lend some, some light and clarity to some of this stuff. Cause it's, it's a wild topic and, and, you know, years of research only gets you like more hungry for, for deeper truths. So yes. I definitely look forward to, to doing more future episodes here. And uh, too, like I said, we'll have to get a hold of a couple people to do a little session here and yeah. see if we can seek the truth yeah, together. That was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been real, and I feel like a little bit more enlightened, a little bit more uh, uh, less fearful of of the strangeness, for sure. Mm. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you and your audience. Yeah, God bless you all. Uh, Godspeed, man. It's getting crazy, but we just got to stay true. <laughs> yeah. Have a good evening. It's been nice talking to you. Likewise. Next time. Bye. So if you think you like where the show might be headed, then be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. And also head on over to YouTube for the same channel name as this, High Strangeness. I'm also on Minds by the name of The Wolf of the Forest. As well as Library, that's L-B-R-Y, under, again, High Strangeness. I'll see you there.